Screw it, screw it, we're just gonna talk about Spider-Man. Welcome to Screw It, we're just gonna talk about Spider-Man, the podcast where we just talk about Spider-Man, specifically the original Spider-Man comics by the original creators Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin Hines. I'm your other uh, host, Will Hines. I couldn't decide whether to say other host or co-host. I got held up. I think other host. Okay, I'm the other host, Will Hines. both hosts, and we're both doing it right now. I'm coming to you from Los Angeles, California. And I'm coming to you just outside New York City in uh, lovely New Jersey. I was hoping you're going to say the bottom of the Hudson River in a secret lair. Now, that's not for another 20 issues. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, that's right. We are a bi-coastal podcast. Yeah. So if you're an East Coast superhero fan or a West Coast superhero fan, we got you covered. If you're a Midwest superhero fan, you're out if of you luck. like your podcast hosts to be able to see each other and, and hold hands, this is not the podcast for you. <laughs> We can't do either of those things. Yep. We're just uh, disembodied voices through computers. But if you like your podcasts done by people who feel like more machine than man, uh, robotic uh, uh, nerds, then uh, hey, this might be the one for you. Kevin, what issue are we and doing today? today? We're doing Amazing Spider-Man issue number 11. Uh, what? You mean the return of Dr. Octopus? Yeah, this is a, uh, the second return villain. Vulture's already returned, and now Dr. Octopus yep. has returned. And this is the this right. is a big one. So we got Dr. Octopus is coming back. Betty Brandt, Peter's current That's love right. interest, has a big has a big secret, and we find out what it yeah, is. She ran off uh, recently to uh, protect Peter Parker from her dark secrets. Yeah. And this issue, it's all revealed. Um, yeah, there's a lot. This is a very melodramatic issue. The soap opera part of the Spider-Man story rears its lovely head. Yeah, and it's sort of a two-parter because next issue is also a Dr. Octopus issue. Uh, right. And that one, I think, is a great issue. I think this one's pretty good, but I think next issue is really great. Yeah, this is a great issue, but next issue is the one I, I thought this was going to be. Right. Um, so skip this episode. <laughs> If you've been listening right now, <laughs> turn this off, wait a week, download us again. <laughs> uh, let's get into it, Kevin. As you know, as our as our loyal listeners will know, we have about 1,000 segments yeah. per episode. We, we, so we got to start getting We pack them. in the segments. And we've... So we got one right now. We've moved a lot of the content to fit more segments. <laughs> uh, yeah, our first segment is cover talk, uh, sort of a, a okay. teaser of the issue. We're just going to talk about what we think about the cover. I think this is a great cover. It is a great cover, uh, although I think there might be a little too much detail in Dr. Octopus's face. Oh, man, I love how Doc Ock looks on this cover. I think sometimes they try to crazy. make him look, like later on, post-Ditko, they try to make him look... Look like a supervillain, like a little buffer, mm-hmm. like wearing skin tight costumes. And this is just a dude in like a sweater and slag. <laughs> like this guy is not threatening other than the metal arms coming out of his chest. I mean, he's got Spider-Man pinned with his forearms. Spider-Man's like cornered into a, you know, he's in, he's in a tough spot here. So he does look threatening, but yeah, his clothes, I mean, he looks like he dressed up to teach a science class. He's got cool dress shoes. Yeah. I think that's what I love um, about Doc Ock though. It's just like, this guy shouldn't be a threat, but he looks scary. Yeah. That guy lunged at you, um, even without the metal arms. I'd be a little nervous. Um, he's got confidence. This is one of the most, for a guy who, I mean, I'm going to estimate Dr. Octopus is like 47 that years old. Fair. He is, he's doughy. Um, he's not dressed for right. battle, but he's got four metal arms that's fused to Other his body. Other than the metal arms, you described yourself to some extent. I guess I'm saying I identify with this guy. He looks like he's done improv for a long time. Uh, it looks like he's got an aptitude for computer programming, but maybe not enough to really do it's it for real. text adventures. Yeah. Even though they haven't been invented for 20 he years. He started reading at the time Stephen of this King story. again recently. <laughs> so, um, but, it, but nonetheless, this is one of the most self-confident villains. Like this dude thinks, 
he's like the most powerful creature. I mean, he is powerful, but like, I mean, not as much as he thinks. Like, <laughs> yeah, crazy. he acts and like then. he is the Hulk or Superman. <laughs> and he is, you know, but he's this dude with some metal arms. Is, uh, but this is a good cover. But, you know, I like the splash page better. And a lot of a lot of these uh, old Ditko ones, the splash page, I think, is better than the that's cover. that's true. But the last few issues, we've had sort of bland covers with no background. And this has got a great background. This is a... This is a step yeah. up, step up. Uh, but you're right. The splash page, it's great. Even though the splash page is less about Doc Ock and more about Betty Brandt. But, you know, the emo- the heart of the story is often a better place to it, focus, it, Kevin. I've said that many even times. Even though uh, this is cover talk, let's talk about that splash page for a minute. It's Betty Brandt okay. just pounding her fists on Spider-Man's chest. She hates him, she's it looks screaming. like. Oh, she's screaming. Yeah, I hate you, Spider-Man. I hate you, Spider-Man. I'll hate you till I'll the hate day you I die. We did that in unison. Yes, that's a good cover, yeah, I say. Yeah, with the shadow of Doc Ock behind them. We yeah. don't know why she's saying that. Last time we saw Betty Brandt, she did not hate Spider-Man. Spider-Man. No. And she loves Peter. There's something about Spider-Man just standing there as if he's a wall. Helpless. That she's just punching. Well, his his palms are turned up like, what, what, what did I do? He's, um, I love it. So good segment. Back to the actual issue in a few moments, but first a few more segments. Yes. Let's say, uh, let's go to the segment where we say what is going on at Marvel at this time. And, uh, we've had some months where I don't have much to say here, but this is a good one. We've got Daredevil number one debuted in, uh, April, 1964, Mm. the same month that this issue was cover dated. So Daredevil, that's a big character. Yeah. So Hell's Kitchen gets its devil Uh, this month. Netflix's own Daredevil. That's right. Um, he's got the yellow costume at this time. he's not the Daredevil that most people are familiar with. I mean, he has the same exact powers, name and like setting. But like he's more lighthearted. He's like a Spider-Man ripoff, basically. He's like, how, how do we get another Spider-Man? Yeah, I mean, he's still this blind uh, uh, ninja-like guy, but he's well, not really ninja-ish, right? The ninja stuff. Not later. a ninja yet, no. He, but he's still like flipping he's, around and kicking people. He's acrobatic and he's blind with his super senses. But it's gonna be much later that Daredevil becomes the sort of gritty, noirish yeah. crime comic that I think it's mostly associated. Yeah, if you watch with. the Netflix show, you feel like it's a dark. He's a dark character. Spider-Man's lighthearted, but as of right now, uh, Daredevil is very lighthearted. Uh, and the chill, first man. issue is drawn by Bill Everett, who uh, is the uh, artist behind the old Namor comic. Yeah, the Submariner artist. So they, they kind of got an old uh, vet here at Marvel Comics. Yeah. And from what I've read, he was slow and didn't turn in pages, so he doesn't do many issues of it. But for yeah. one issue, it's like, I like that. It's sort of like, let's bring back this guy who is great. What are, what are the giants? Like, again, Stan Lee just knows. He's like, well, I've got Kirby. I've got Ditko. Let's get Bill Everett. Can you hear those police sirens? I cannot. Okay, there's this police sirens outside my apartment. Again, so you if I have to go Doc Ock. I just know that deep within me, I'm meant to rule the world. And I think the police have figured that out. Um, they're spying on me. They're jealous of me, these police, jealous of my power. And let's rush to our next segment before you get arrested. Uh, is there any Spider-Man or podcast news? We've officially changed the name of the network from What's a Creative to Campfire, although we're recording episodes enough in advance that that's old news. I maybe even have said that in a previous episode. I think we episode. said it last episode. Um, so it's even more uh, old and out of date, but uh, that's podcast news. Our network is now Campfire. Yeah. I mean, it was brand new news to me last episode because I didn't even know till you mentioned it. So I'm still reeling <laughs> from it. I just did an appearance on a on a show, another show on this network which is um, the Parrothead podcast where these two guys who love Jimmy Buffett just talk about Jimmy Buffett and I um, don't like Jimmy Buffett music so they brought me on to try to convince me not only to like Jimmy Buffett but that Jimmy Buffett was the greatest musician of all and you're time. you're someone who did a podcast about how much you love the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, so they got to convince me that Jimmy Buffett's better than the Beatles. I'm not going to spoil what happened except that they didn't do it. <laughs> okay, that's a slight spoiler. <laughs> 
But uh, that episode's out there. So that's podcast uh, news, kind of. Yeah, podcast news for me is last night I saw Black Panther, which as Ooh. of the recording is not yet released. It comes out on Friday, so I got a preview. Yeah, you're very tickets. cool. By the time yeah. this is released, it'll be old news, and you'll have already made your. So old. But I loved it. Okay, yeah, I'm excited to see it. I already was excited to see it because the trailer looks so good, and you're your rave. And Kevin, you're not a you're stingy with your Marvel raves. Yeah, um, I didn't uh, like Doctor Strange, which you liked. I did. Um, I didn't think Captain America Civil War was great. I thought it was fine. I think I'm with um, you on that. Though I thought Black Panther was one of the better parts of that movie. Yes, I like it. Was, he was super um, awesome. This movie is this. I'm, I'm still in the glow of having just seen the movie. But my reaction right now is this might be my second favorite Marvel. Now, that makes me want to know what's your first uh, favorite? Captain America Winter Soldier. I OK. The best. OK. One. I think Avengers is right up there as well. The first Avengers is really okay. fun. Yeah. Well, you don't like Iron Man. You don't like Iron, Iron Man. Man one. It's a great, great one. But, uh, I don't know how well it holds up after all these other movies. But I think yeah. Iron Man 1 is very good. It's definitely also... Yeah, it'd be funny if we rewatch Iron Man 1 and there's a scene where like Tony Stark's palling around with Harvey Weinstein and they're like, you're great or whatever. And it's like, oh, this this doesn't hold up at all. Yeah. There's that middle section where he's watching Woody Allen films going, I'm with Woody. <laughs> not only does it seem off, it just also feels not appropriate for this story they were telling. Um, also a big Jimmy Buffett concert in the first Iron Man movie. Yeah, which you know what? I didn't love. But. <laughs> You're the only one. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, that's exciting. I'm excited yeah, to see Black Panther. I think Panther. it's good. And if you haven't seen it yet by the time this is out, I think you're waiting too long. Go see it. Yeah. Um, okay. So now another segment, Well, This is where I tell I forgot you about, about something that's happening in a current Spider-Man comic and you just tell me what you think about it. Okay. I can't wait. Is Aunt May Galactus or something like uh, that? No. I could talk about Aunt May if you want to know what her status quo is. No, it's okay. Just tell me what you want <laughs> no, to do. No, I think now I want to tell you about Aunt May's status quo. <laughs> okay. Uh, so recently she is a... a a widower again. She got remarried a while back oh, to J. Jonah Jameson's father. Oh, how weird. Yeah. So that made Peter Parker and Jonah Jameson sort of brothers. <laughs> That's really funny. I love uh, it. And Jonah's dad is a really nice man. <laughs> um, and yeah, Aunt May married him. And then I told you last episode about how Peter Parker was recently running Parker Industries, a huge multi. <laughs> yeah, it was like a Tony Stark yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. And while he was doing that, he had set up a charity organization, the Uncle Ben Foundation. And Aunt May was okay. put in charge like, of that. Like that, tracks. that tracks. Yeah. She had to shut it down in the most recent issue because Peter went bankrupt, <laughs> which is <laughs> really sad. <laughs> So the Uncle Ben Foundation is done. So he killed Uncle Ben and he also killed the Uncle Ben Foundation. It's very yeah. fitting. It's my fault. It's my fault the Uncle Ben Foundation is dead. If I'd only filed my paperwork earlier, he might still be alive. Yeah, he's more worried right now about getting an apartment, Peter. But uh, man, what a what a what a steep fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's played for fun and uh, depressing as well. Like just like imagine if like Bill Gates was like renting a studio apartment next to you <laughs> and then you walked by him. But you also like knew Bill Gates had like just completely flamed out. Like, oh, Microsoft doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> you see Bill Gates going, uh, hey, I'm going to be your neighbor. Uh, can you watch my cats for me? Can you help me charge my surface? <laughs> or whatever. Uh, yeah, it'd be sort of like that. It's hard to imagine someone collapsing that much that quickly. Uh, but he did it. So that's Aunt May, my Aunt May update. All right. I love it. Um well, I'll, I'll never read comic books that were published after 1990, but uh, it sounds like sounds like pretty good. Really, you'll read 1980 comics? Yeah, <laughs> I guess you did. Yeah. No, I have to. I- 
Yeah, I do. I have to. Um, yeah, eighty. I read a lot of nineteen eighties comics. Yeah. Uh, I read. A, I, I was in the nineties too, but not not too much longer. I have to. Uh, I do want to head over to Meltdown and get some uh, Meltdown. Not a sponsor of our podcast, but I want to head over to Meltdown and get some. Basically, at the end of last year, everybody was recommending their best of comics for twenty seventeen, and I want to go pick up a lot of those. Okay, so maybe maybe I'll have new updates in a couple That'd be episodes. Exciting. Um, should we get to the main segment, which is where we go over yeah, the this issue? Is where we get into the actual comic. All right, let's sort do of, it. This is sort of a minor segment. <laughs> Small. The, the rest, the important one is what's going on with Aunt May in current right. times. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into it. Um, this is a great one, Kevin. This is a great I issue. This is a great issue, though. Again, I think next issue is even better. Maybe partly because of the build, though. You know, you got a, you got a lot of build uh, for the next very well issue. might be. This feels this feels like an appetite. Though there's some definitely some soap opera pathos we're going to get into. Uh, yeah, so there's two main threads here. There's Dr. Octopus comes back and he's a threat. And then also Peter's in love with Betty Brandt and she has fled New York City and he doesn't know right. why. The, the issue so starts Peter sad because Betty has vanished. This opening dialogue is so funny. Like it's such a hard turn. Ever since Betty Brandt left town, I've been carrying a king sized torch. I got to snap out of it or got to try to forget her. And then immediately turns. Ah, who am I kidding? I'll never forget her. Never stop searching for her. Yeah. It's like so dramatic. Yeah, Stanley's uh, uh, love, <laughs> the way he writes love is very hot and cold. It's like, well, she left. Yeah. I'll have to never think about her again or always search for her. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do, I do kind of love it. I love the yeah. melodrama. But then we get, then we get to the news that um, Doc Ock is being released for good behavior. Yeah, I can't believe how short he was in jail. <laughs> he took over a military base. He took over a nuclear, <laughs> like, like power plant and weapons place, and he's getting out in a couple yeah. of months for this good behavior. This is the vulture who like stole some diamonds, and the vulture yeah. didn't get out. Vulture's still in there. Vulture had to yeah. escape, but Doc Ock is being released. <laughs> It's such a funny turn. Like I, I, I just I don't know. It's a good yeah, little I twist. He didn't just genuinely break out. surprised. I forgot that's how he got out this time. Just like reading, really, it's like he's served his time. I was like, that's not enough time. So Spidey tries to talk the prison warden out of letting him. Which I don't even think it's the prison warden's decision. Right. But Spidey swings over to the prison and just breaks into the warden's office. Uh, it looks like it's nighttime, but the warden, I guess, is working yeah. late. And and Spidey's basically like, don't let him out. And the warden is kind of like, get yeah, out of here. Like, no. <laughs> and then Peter leaves and goes, yeah, he's right. Like, <laughs> he served his time. He should get out. Everyone deserves a second chance. Peter respects the law. He's a law and order man. Peter, Peter Parker functions as if he's a good cop, basically. Yeah. He, that's like that. That's like the morality of Peter Parker. He's like a socially progressive cop, basically. Like he, he is not too rebellious when it comes to authority. I mean, Peter's planning to keep an eye on Doc Ock, but he's now, after talking to the warden, hopeful that it's all for nothing. Yeah. We see Doc Ock in his prison cell, uh, and we hear his thoughts. So, um, yeah, so we know he is not as... Not, not, not reformed. reformed at all. The, t- the few months in prison didn't change him. But he's he talks about how he's got more dexterity with his arms, that he can move his arms even better than ever. Uh, and he demonstrates it by doing an elaborate smoking a cigarette yeah, he routine. lights a match, takes a cigarette out of the pack. Um, I mean, I guess that's great. I don't see how that's going to help him, but I'm glad he's been practicing. But he's able to light a match with those yeah. arms, so that's something. Meanwhile, Peter's got tricks up his sleeve. He's made a spider tracker. Yeah. Uh, so it looks just like a spider, but it sends out a signal that he can track with a little device. So it's another, like, PD using his uh, science ability. Yeah. It is but, a um, this is I like, kinda, this is a device that he uses this forever. Is, yeah. Um, it's cool that it looks like a spider. That's a 
very like 1960s Batman TV show sort of move to have his accessories be in the theme. Yeah. It's also just great. I mean, uh, like later on in comics, when people will discover them on them, there's like there's this little spider on you. It's like, oh, yeah, you know who did yeah. this. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, the spider itself is this very small, miraculously advanced technology. But then the tracking part of it is this pretty big, yeah. <laughs> clunky metal thing that he's got to hold in his hands. Um, smaller than an iPhone. Uh, just barely. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Um, looks actually, if you're going to talk, it looks like an Atari 2600 cartridge. I'm sure our listeners know exactly what that looks like. To me, it looks just like a slightly uh, bigger stopwatch. Okay, yeah, you're right. That's what it looks like. I take back what I just said. So Doc Ock gets out. Get, gets out, right? And, Spider-Man um, follows him. And Doc Ock gets picked up in a car. Well, driven by... Yeah, driven by just somebody. I forget who. Oh, Kevin, this is one of the major parts of the story. Uh, oh, yeah. Who was driving it again then? Betty Brandt. Oh, yeah, Betty Brandt works for Dr. Octopus now. Betty Brandt is mixed up with Doc Ock? Are you yeah, kidding me? Spider-Man sees this. He freaks out. But the car... She doesn't look... I want to say she doesn't look happy about it. I don't know. I think she's into it. I <laughs> Okay, she's definitely drawn as being upset, but I guess you're allowed to I mean, interpret she says, that make however yourself you want. comfortable. It will be a long drive. That seems very polite. Okay, I guess at that point we can read that into it. Spidey throws his tracker onto yes. the car, so now he can follow. And also, Betty um, uh, accidentally drops a map. How convenient. It's a very good clue. If you're gonna, yeah. A lot of times when I'm driving, if I'm looking at a map, it just flies out the window. Yeah. Map's one of the most common things to drop out of a window when you're driving yeah, sometimes a Sometimes I drop a map, or sometimes I drop out like a diary page that explains what I'm up to for the next couple days. One of the two things or what I lose. But in this sense, it's a map. Um, it's a map of Philadelphia. So now what's going on? We wonder. And now we find yes. out because we cut to a jail cell uh, where, 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 a, where a typical Ditko crook is meeting with his lawyer. And Kevin, this is where we learned something yeah. big. So this uh, criminal whose name is Blackie yep. uh, is talking to his lawyer who is... I guess I want to point out to our listeners, this is not an African-American no, criminal. <laughs> still, there's still no African-American <laughs> characters. There's no African-American characters that I'm glad this isn't the first oh, man, one. That would have been a huge... <laughs> I mean, huge. a lot of stuff from the 60s doesn't hold up well. Um, most, mostly it's in Marvel Comics it's that the female characters are rarely made into real people in any way. That stands yeah. out a lot. And, and the absolute lack of diversity. Yeah. But usually Marvel Comics avoids being like overtly racist. You know what I mean? It's not like Spider-Man's making like Mexican jokes yeah. or something like that. It would have been terrible if this guy was black and named Blackie and the right after I, I mean, praised the Black Panther. <laughs> we couldn't, I mean, we wouldn't be able to do the podcast knowing this issue was coming. We honestly couldn't. It'd be like, well, it's just like old spirit comics with Will yeah. Eisner. Like they're yeah. so beautifully drawn and, and they're really cool. But the then cab. there's a character. Yeah, the cab driver and that story was his name, Ebony. Ebony, who is a black character that is drawn as a monkey yeah. oh. <laughs> it's just like it like it ruins it so completely so no going back it's sort of like well i mean this is impressively drawn but uh you know, I, we can't we can't get into yeah, yeah. this it's just so insane well and this issue it's so all white this, guys so it's all white guys this is a white guy named blackie i think it's sort of like a um uh he looks more Irish to me. He looks like kind of like an Irish thug, like an old Irish yeah, boxer. Yeah, I mean, who knows what Ditko had in mind uh, when Stan Lee just named him black. But he's got crazy Ditko yep. hair. Most Ditko people have crazy hair, and this guy's this guy's, this no guy's threatening his lawyer, whose name is Bennett, and Bennett is Betty Brant's brother. Boom. Now we know how Betty's... Now we're getting a real clue into her dark yeah, secret. Yeah, we quickly find out that Bennett has gambling debts, and Blackie is using yep. those debts to make Bennett get his sister to drive Doc Ock to Philadelphia, where Doc Ock will break... Blackie out of prison. Yeah, this guy's in the hole for some serious gambling debts, and Blackie is going to break out of prison by manipulating. And the, the only 
thing that was stopping him for pulling this off was uh, getting Doc Ock driven to Philadelphia. That was the that was the missing piece yeah. of the plan. And that's Betty Branch role. Um, but I, re- I remember reading this and I still think this now. It's like that's a that's a good little twist. Get, you know, this like what seems to be a high powered lawyer with a gambling addiction. He's in deep. He gets his sister wrapped up in it. There's like lots of guilt going yeah, and on. Retroactively here. makes more sense why Betty Brandt would run off if she had to like she's sort of tied up with Doc Ock and, and criminal uh that's Pennsylvania like, organization. That's high stake. You might not want to include your timid high school boyfriend in that. Yep. Um high drama. So the lawyer is tortured. He's like you know, Bennett is like, oh, my God, now I've got my sister involved. What am I doing? Um, I'm, you know, I'm under the thumb of this mobster. He walks out of the jail cell, gets to his office. Oh, no, his apartment. And there's Doc Ock and Betty. It doesn't look Yeah, now I, I think I agree. She doesn't seem to like it. Yeah, Doc Ock has her trapped against a wall with his arms. Yeah. And he's he's mad that she's not being nicer to him, which is terrifying. Yeah. Um, Doc Ock says, so you don't think Dr. Octopus is good enough to talk to you? Eh? You haven't said a word since we drove from New York. Betty sort of stands up for herself. Keep away yeah. from me. I brought yeah. you here as I said I would. But now I want to go. Oh, Bennett, thank goodness it's you. <laughs> I don't know why she has hope yeah. that her brother's going to help her in this situation. Yeah, th- this guy's her brother's not good news. Um, but this is uh, pretty, you know, we got a we got a real supervillain who is focusing on you for not paying attention to him. You have to be nice to this guy to get your brother out of trouble. This is, um, we got ourselves a situation, Kevin. Yeah. And so Peter, meanwhile, Doc- is uh, convinced Aunt May to let him go I'll- to Pennsylvania. Yes. Uh, I was going to say, I like Doc Ock immediately slaps oh, yeah. Bennett, like grabs him with his arm and just slaps him. He's like, just such a thug. Doc Ock loves to slap people and I love it about him. He loves to grab people with his metal arm, bring you close to his face and just give you an open hand <laughs> slap. It's like one of his big moves. <laughs> but it is like, ooh, it's demeaning. You'd rather be punched. I mean, I would love a comedy sketch of just him taking excuses to slap everybody in the room and everyone kind of knows it's coming and they're like, okay, I guess it's my turn to get slapped by Dr. Octopus. <laughs> I don't think that uh, comedy sketch would go over. I don't know if that is well known enough about him. I think it's topical. I think people would be right on board. They would. I think people would get ahead of it. Uh, okay, yeah, so Peter tricks... Aunt May into letting him go to Philadelphia. He just says, I'm going to go. What high school kid just goes to Philadelphia for the weekend? It's a pretty cosmopolitan move for a Forest Forest Hills teenager. 17, it's the 60s, maybe. I mean, you just jump on a train. I don't know. Well, luckily, he's dressed like a 40-year-old man, as always, so he won't won't look too young. So he's in the streets of Philadelphia. We got like a Philadelphia cityscape that he's swinging over. That looks real cool. He's got his stopwatch hanging around his neck to use the tracker. The stopwatch looks bigger. It looks now. a little bigger around his neck. Um, but he's going to use it and he, and he finds Betty and dressed up as Peter, he confronts Betty on the streets of Philadelphia. Uh, classic Jimmy Buffett so, song. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, yes, he confronts her. She's so happy he's there. Yeah, she's uh, she's so moved that he shows up. I mean, uh, you know, she went to the hospital to visit his yeah. aunt a couple issues ago and now he shows up in Philadelphia to find her. It's very, it's very These moving. Do, do care about each other. Yes. So she ta- she she fills Peter in on, you know, she's mixed up with Dr. Octopus. Her brother's got gambling debts. He's caught up. Yeah. And he's so he's so moved by this. He decides when they get back to New York. I don't know why he doesn't do it right now. But when we get back to New York, he's going to tell Betty that he's Spider-Man. He's going to let her in on his biggest secret. Yeah. Uh, that's huge. She'll become the first person to know. Yeah, right? Nobody knows. Yeah. Meanwhile, though, Doc Ock is up to something, man. He is climbing over buildings with his big old uh, he's arms. He's going to the courthouse where Blackie is uh, in a prison cell and he's broken him out. He does it yeah, easy. Well, he snaps snaps those prison bars, those no problem. ordinary iron bars, they just can't resist his power. Yep. Uh, and so he's got, he gets Blackie That's out. Right. Um, 
Spider-Man shows up just a little too right. late. So they think maybe Spider-Man helped break him out. Which of doesn't course. really go anywhere this in the guy, story, but it's just like a little insult to injury. Just there's always people suspecting Spider-Man yeah. of crimes. Like the world the world is always ready to believe that he's a total trick. Um, I got I love this. So now the action is going to take place on a boat. Like Blackie wants to escape. He's got a boat ready to take him out. He's got $100,000 as payment for Doc Ock, part of the plan. And so, and he won't let the lawyer go. He, he takes Bennett with him and Betty. I don't know why, but he wants these two to come yeah. with him. I also like Doc Ock has a line a little earlier where he just says, uh, I'm not some common criminal for hire to the highest bidder. But he sort of is. He, he sort of is. He was hired for $100,000, which is a pretty high bid. And he's doing yeah. this guy's uh, bidding. I guess we could sort of, it's sort of like uh, Hans Gruber in Die Hard. He's not a common thief. He's an extraordinary yeah, thief yeah. or something like that. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So they're on um, this boat, Betty, Bennett, Blackie, Doc Ock, and a bunch of thugs. Yep. Bunch of our typical Ditko, mid-40s, thugs and fedoras. Long nose. Maybe Maybe mid mid thirties, mid thirties. I'm yeah, saying long noses. They're so all right smoking. Away, everybody disrespects Bennett. As soon as they get on the boat, Blackie just punches Bennett in the face. Yeah, hard. Yeah, big punch. Like basically, Bennett asked to be let go. It's like, hey, we held up our side of the bargain. Let us go. Response: Punch yeah, in the face. You shouldn't have asked that question, Bennett. You weakling. So Spidey lands in the boat, but Kevin, something goes wrong right he away. He steps on a piece of rope and sprains his ankle. It's yeah. sort of a clumsy move for a guy with spider sense. We've seen this guy do a lot of acrobatic things, like dodge bullets yeah. essentially and like and like you know navigate flaming hoops from the human torch but he didn't see this rope and uh, hurts his ankle yeah uh, uh, it's again classic spider-man to give him a little bit of an injury to almost to like justify why he has so much trouble with the threats he's about to come up to he's like he's on an ankle this that hurts a, a lot this is a big stan lee steve didco move which is to like hamper spider-man for the big fight yeah he gets <laughs> hampered next issue too i can't wait to talk about that as well um, I, I think it's a good move and I'm in favor of it. So yeah, now so it's another Spidey, thing about, like, you know, it's like we all have had days where it's just like, ah, oh, my ankle hurts today. This is annoying. So now we can yeah. relate to Spider-Man's problems. Makes him more human. Um, the last time I had to go beat up a gang of thugs. Yeah, I, I, I was under yeah. the weather. But you have to still do it. So got to still do it. Spidey is led at gunpoint into the room with all of our, with everybody in the story. And Doc Ock is so excited yeah, to see his old nemesis. shaking with excitement. Yes. Um, you won't have to worry about Spider-Man. I promise you that. Um, oh, and he, and but now Doc Ock is going nuts. He's taking yeah. over. He he wants the money, the boat. He wants everything. I mean, he's Doctor Octopus. Who's Blackie? Blackie is this guy. We just met this dude. He's like what the biggest mobster in Philadelphia. Yeah. Who cares? But the moment Spider Man gets on this boat, he just starts beating everybody up. Spider Man? Yeah. Oh yeah, he just starts kicking ass. Like the moment he sees Doc Ock, he's like, okay, and he just starts kicking and punching these thugs, and he like shoots a web up to the ceiling. I think to like support himself so he doesn't have to put weight on his ankle. What if he found out that these are just a bunch of accountants who are being held hostage? He sort of jumps the gun pretty I quick. Mean, you see how they're drawn. Yeah, now they look like they look like the villains of New York City that we've seen many yeah, times. He can identify these guys from a distance. I love Doc Ock's dialogue. It's like classic comic book villain dialogue. Like he knocks a thug into Dr. Octopus, spilling him backwards onto some stairs. And Doc Ock goes, clumsy fools. Yeah. As if this guy tripped. A guy was thrown at you. Yeah. A, a, a supernaturally powered man punched him into you. He wasn't clumsy. Yeah. He got hit by a phenomenon. But in Doc Ock's mind, uh, everyone is a fool. Yeah. I love it. I love when villains call people fools. I think it's so funny. You fool. Uh, 
and I like to think that Doc Ock is thinking Shakespearean fool. He's saying, what, you reckless commenter on the throne? I mean, speaking of Shakespeare, we're about to have a little bit of a tragedy, Will. Yes, that's right. So Blackie gets his gun. You know, Blackie knows what's going to solve the situation. And it's his gun. Right. And so Spider-Man tries to stop him, starts wrestling with him. And he and, and Spider-Man orders everybody back. Like, this gun is, this is dangerous right. now, you know? Betty, Bennett. He's like, stay back. Keep under control until I get his gun away. But Bennett is more worried about his sister and, like, pushes her back and gets out in front a little bit and gets... Get shot. shot and dies and dies. Um, uh, and it sounds like he was the family screw up. And as he dies, he's like, it's better this way. I was no good to anyone. Maybe now you can wash your hands of all this. He's kind of right. Yeah. I mean, he it was 100%. I mean, he became a lawyer, but gambling problems. Then, got, I mean, Betty wouldn't be in this problem if not for Bennett. I hate to say it, Bennett, but you maybe did solve things by getting yourself killed. That's sad to admit. But you did cause one other problem. Uh, Betty runs up to Spider-Man, starts punching him on the chest, just like in the splash page, telling him. It's, yeah, it's your fault. Go ahead. If you hadn't interfered, if you hadn't tried to be a hero, it might not have happened. I hate you. Do you hear? I hate you. Spider-Man, who in his secret identity is in love with Betty, is destroyed. Yeah. You don't know what you're saying. Stop it, girl. You mustn't. You can't mean it. Ooh, I love it, Kevin. Yeah. I love the drama. He was about to tell her that I'm Peter Parker, your boyfriend. Yep. But uh, And she's saying, if only Peter were here, he's the only one I can turn to. But as far as she knows, Peter Parker is a weakling photographer. I think you're better with Spider-Man there. But yeah, I mean, she mis- it's a, uh, you know, different people want different things. She needs just a, she misses her dude. a dude that she can hide behind a desk with. Uh, all right, but Spidey's got other things to take care of. Doc Hawk is still, everybody's still on the loose. He hasn't really gotten anybody. So yeah, he's, he's going after anything yet. He goes. He's got. A, he goes after Blackie with the gun. Yeah, Blackie. Blackie's like escaped this room while Bennett was dying. So Spider Man's got to go catch up with him. Yeah, and this is this is a great fight. Yeah, there's like three or four guys hanging on Peter Parker or Spider Man, and he lifts Blackie up anyway and just punches it, throws them all across the room. He's so strong. He's got more angry. He's got more. Like, now Blackie's a killer. Like up until now, he's we've only seen him like kind of rough people up and steal some money, but now we've seen him shoot somebody. So Peter is means means business. And he takes him down easy. Yeah. He, with two guys hanging on him, he just walks over to Blackie, picks him up, swats him across the bow of a boat. It's pretty awesome. I love when uh, Spider-Man just like tosses a bunch of people. When he really lets loose, it's great. All right. So now he's got rid of Blackie. He's taking care of some of the thugs. There's like 30 or 40 thugs on this boat. Like everywhere we go, there's like more people, just more dudes in suits. I like that Blackie makes all his guys always wear suits. They also just could get back up too, probably. Yeah. Maybe they're being, they're recovering. I don't know. If I got hit by Spider-Man, I would just be like, I'm staying down. You're smart. You're a smart man. Yeah. (laughs) That dude hit me and I went across the room. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So Doc Ock comes back up. Doc Ock's been downstairs after getting hit with this guy for a long time. He's up with some great Doc Ock dialogue. Out of my way, you weaklings. I have a score to settle on the deck above. He's also just tossing people around. (laughs) I just love it. Out of my way, you weaklings. (laughs) I want to say it. I want to say it. Um, so he sees Spider-Man and he's like, uh, he, he wants to take him out. He's so confident he can take care of he's Spider-Man. Got, I mean, the first time they met, he beat Spider-Man easy. Yeah, but then Spider-Man took him out with one punch. Yeah, it's two fights. They're one and one. He's just got complete confidence. Just like, guy, I think he's almost 50 years old, just goes right after I mean, Spider-Man. Why prolong the agony? I'll get you sooner or later. sort of confidence that I mean, makes people uh, succeed, Will. I mean, you think LeBron so. James uh, sees young players and goes, I don't think I can handle them. They beat me once. I don't know, but do you think he like swats 
swats him out of the way and he's like, out of my way, you weakling. I do. A little bit. I the game I do. To play. Let me take All the right, shot, you weakling. <laughs> out of my way, weaklings. I'm going to take the shot. Uh, but yeah, so he's chasing him all over the boat. Spider-Man's swinging around, jumping on smokestacks and grabbing ropes. Cool setting for this fight. Knocks out a couple more thugs, does some somersaults. Now we get the final showdown with Doc Ock. And uh, Spidey, Spidey's still nursing his ankle. So he has to like kind of like every now and then retreat a little bit to try to get better better That's position. Right. Um, we got some good quips going here. I know you love yeah, this yeah. quip. Uh, Do you want to uh, say I it now? Which you want to say it? Talking about uh, the one where he, where he yes, career, Doc Ock career one. says, I'll end your career for good to Spider Man. And Spider Man. Which is a funny, it's a funny it's a threat. threat to, I'll end your career. But it's a, <laughs> Not only am I going to beat you up and maybe kill you, your job prospects are going down the tube. <laughs> Yeah. Baby. So Spider-Man clutching his ankle says, yes, yeah, some career, no vacation, no pension plan, not even a salary. Go ahead and end it. Who cares? Which is pretty clever. I mean, Doc Ock set him up for it, but it's still nice. Um, so they're going back and forth. Spidey tries to capture him in a bunch of webs. He breaks out of that easy. Spidey shoots him with a fire extinguisher, breaks out of the... Meanwhile, the thugs are taking the hundred grand, grabbing Betty and just going... They're just running. They'd be like, you know what? Let's us take this money and get out of here. Blackie's Blackie's out of commission. Doc Ock's busy with Spider-Man. Let's make a quick hundred grand. Smart move. Yep. Except that it lasts two panels. (laughs) Uh, Doc Ock shows up and knocks them both out with his arms, uh, grabs the money. uh, uh, Betty faints. Yep. For a Marvel female character, she waited a long time to faint. Usually Marvel female characters of the early 60s, they're fainting panel too. I two. think like uh, the fact that she made it this far without fainting, I don't know why she fainted now. Yeah, she already saw her brother get killed and she, you know, and she's been hanging around Doc Ock a bunch, but it's t- seeing these two thugs knock out, it's she too much for her. She got those two thugs, she, maybe. Maybe she was like, this is my way out. You know, these guys are going to get me well, out of here. Maybe she faked it. Maybe that's a fake faint. A boat shows up to take Doc Ock away. It's also part of the plan. So he moves from this big boat we've been fighting onto a little like kind of mini yacht. Yeah, I don't fully of. understand the plan, but it's visually really fun to see Doc Ock jump from one boat to another. Yep. So we're moving to this little boat. Doc Ock and Spidey are, are still fighting. The police are showing up. So the Calvary's coming. Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, they're like, ahoy! <laughs> ahoy the ship! Ahoy the ship! Uh, this is the police. We notice your boat is out of control. Stand by while we come to investigate. I mean, they can clearly see Spider-Man and Dr. Octopus fighting on the bow of the boat. It's not out of <laughs> yeah, control. This is, this is Philadelphia. You don't see Doc Ox and Spider-Mans around that much. I guess they're not up on it. They're the Philly yeah, police. They haven't been reading the bugle. They don't know. They're like, they're superheroes? Yeah. All we know is Wilt Chamberlain is doing great. Someone's like, the Fantastic Four are also around. They're like, the Fantastic who? <laughs> um, so Spidey was running out of gas anyway because of his ankle and he's just being worn out. So he kind of like backs off the boat, lets the cops take over, but Doc Ock gets away. Everyone else is captured. Yeah. All the criminals and Blackie get caught. Uh, Blackie clears, I don't know why, clears Betty of all wrongdoing. He's a gentleman yeah. crook. Um, and Spider-Man and Doc Ock both go their separate ways. Uh, Spider-Man's hoping that we'll he'll see recover Doc and be able issue. to handle him more easily next time. Yeah, we'll see Doc Ock next issue. So we end the issue with Peter and Betty having a little talk. Yeah. And now Betty admits that she sort of realizes it's not Spider-Man's fault Bennett got killed. Yeah. Yeah, in my shock, my rage, I blamed Spider-Man for his death. I realized now how wrong I was. It wasn't his fault. He was trying so to help us. At but that still, moment, it feels ne- like, great, he can tell her he's Spider-Man again. But then she says, but still, I never want to see Spider-Man again. I couldn't bear being reminded, dot, 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 of Bennett. Yeah, and... Stanley's good with those ellipses. Yeah. He loves he loves a good ellipse. And then Peter says, I understand, and I'm uh, sure Spider-Man would too if he knew. All right, what a giveaway. If anybody ever says that, you know they're the person. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if Spider-Man knew... 
he'd be worried about you. It's like, oh, you're Spider-Man. I'm sure if Spider-Man knew, he'd be wearing a blue suit and standing right here. Yeah, that's a trope <laughs> I don't like. I also don't love when, like, the secret identity is always like, I have a way of contacting that superhero that no one can contact. It's like, yeah. you know, Peter Parker's like, me and Spider-Man have an arrangement. He'll do that in, like, much later issues. And it's like, oh, because you're him. Yeah, I love stuff like that. I love those tropes. You're wrong. You're wrong. Um, um, then the final panel is Spider-Man, right. uh, Peter Parker walking off into the darkness with, like, the image of Spider-Man over his head sort of weighing on his shoulders. I love the I love the long sad walk off by Peter Parker. Yeah, they do them a lot, and it's it feels always like the right way to end an issue. But I also like that they don't end every Um, issue that way. Like every now and then they give him a happy ending, so that's not just every single issue. This kid's just like walking away depressed. Well, that's the end of our issue, Kevin. And I say thumbs up. It's a good issue. Uh, I'm really excited about next issue. I think we're in the stretch. We're we're into peak Spider Man now. Like the 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 issues have reached their like strongest form. We still have got uh, Green Goblin to come and Mysterio. Mysterio and Craven. So we have some new villains oh, yeah. coming, which is going to be really great. But the stories are, they're, they're yeah, so the, good. The subplots are in a really good place. Yeah. The, the world's been fleshed out. Like if we compare it to the very first couple issues where like, where he was like rescuing the astronaut and stuff, like that was kind of just good guy, bad guy stuff. Now we got a whole drama going I mean, basically on. Basically since the boxing fight in, in, in school, 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 it just feels like every issue's got a really big plot. Mm-hmm. I agree. If nothing else. Um, should we do our awards? Yeah. So now this is a segment where we give awards. Uh, to our favorite stuff. All right. What's your favorite panel? My favorite panel, and I uh, uh, almost changed my mind while reading this, but I'm going to okay. stick with it, is page 15, panel one. They're on the boat and Spider-Man is just sort of swinging uh, out yeah. at you like a 3D image. That's really cool. Yeah. What, what one were you going to switch to? I almost switched to the one of him lifting up Blackie while he's covered in men <laughs> one yes. page earlier. That's very cool. Uh, the fight is great. Um, I'm going to pick page 19, panel one, where Spider-Man jumps from the big boat to the little boat. and Doc a big Ock panel. Is, yeah, Doc Ock's waiting for him. A lot of times when it moves from a little panel to a big panel, it works on old Will Hines. That's always a big dramatic moment, and I dig it. Uh, I mean, that fight on the little boat is also great. A lot. Of, I mean, the fights just are beautiful. Ditko is still an amazingly great artist. Yep, and it's no matter how weird Doc Ock is as, a, as an idea for a villain, he looks cool to draw. You know, those arms going everywhere and stuff. Uh, my favorite Stan Lee line, I already said, it's where Spider-Man said, yeah, some career, no vacations, no pension plan, not even a salary. Go ahead and end it. Who cares? Uh, but what's your favorite Stan Lee line? <laughs> my favorite is when Doc Ock is leaving the prison <laughs> and, the, and the cop says, hey, keep your nose clean or whatever. <laughs> like his thought, his internal thought is a job. Do they expect me to become a working man like an ordinary, unimaginative weakling? Before I'm through, the whole world will try tremble at the mention of my name it's like jesus christ dude i mean i guess just got getting, out of prison i guess if he's getting out on good behavior it sort of makes sense but it is very funny to tell doc ock shouldn't be too hard for you to land a job yeah he was a leading nuclear physicist um but his just internal thoughts are so mean and evil yeah, i yeah. just i love him i love him uh, but his face did not betray what he was thinking he's sort of just very stoic and puts his hat on and walks away okay what's your highlight my highlight uh is maybe a strange thing but i this is as I think this is the first issue where the villain doesn't get caught. Yeah, that's interesting. He gets uh, away. I mean, I mean, the lizard doesn't get caught, but he gets tr- cured. Doc Ock is just free. He's still out there. 
It's a cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger. Uh, yeah, that's a good highlight. My highlight is that Betty was the is seeing Betty as the driver of the car, like being like, "Oh shit, she's messed up. She's mixed up with Doctor Octopus. Oh no!" I love it. Yeah, that's a cool reveal. Yeah. Um, my low light is that I actually think Peter is pretty responsible for Bennett's death. Okay. Like, uh, I don't think he. I think he didn't do really much to stop this guy from firing wildly when his girlfriend is in the room. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it just feels like in current. In, in, in a more modern story, that wouldn't even have happened. You wouldn't like wrestle with a gun while it was being fired and then be like, hey, everyone, get out of here. Yeah, I think you're right. I, di- I didn't read that way to me. Um, uh, you know, I just sort of just they kind of play fast and loose with the logistics of the rooms they're in while they're fighting. So it's always kind of hard to know how crowded it is or how open it is. Um, so I was able to get over that. But I do. I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, there's just a moment where Peter seems like he's mad at them, too, after Bennett gets dead. Get, dies. He's like, you know, he, he, Spider-Man is basically like, I told you to get out of here. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. This guy just got shot. Maybe own it I, a little bit. I don't have a ton of low lights. I really like this story and it, everything kind of holds up for me. But I guess if I had to pick one, it's that. <laughs> it's that um uh I guess the escape plan is a little not so thought through like you need to get these guys to drive you to a place and then a different we're going to go to one boat to get the money and a different boat to get away and yeah I wonder how much of that was Ditko and Stan Lee just not communicating as much already yeah I think Ditko's just finding excuses to have different settings for fights you know because it might have just been in his mind like Doc Ock's moving to the smaller boat like this was not part of the original plan yeah he just sees one coming by and he commented it for convenience. Yeah, it's so hard to know. Um, yeah, you get, but, yeah it's, Ditko would draw the panels and then Lee puts the dialogue on. Yeah. I mean, a little like could also just be that uh, Doc Ock gets out of prison so quickly, but I love it, so I can't get too mad about it. Yeah, I, I, I like it as a different twist on getting somebody out, so I, I don't mind. Yeah. Uh, do you have any personal memories from this issue? You know, I don't have this issue. I mean, just my general memory of reading these as a kid and loving it. Uh, I, def- I de- This one and the next issue were two of my favorites, so I remember reading them a lot, but... I don't have a particular memory. Yeah, it doesn't trigger anything for me either, other than I, I sprained my ankle pretty bad in high school, and it still flares up from time to time, so okay. I, I get where Spider-Man's coming from. Oh, I had huge gambling debts, and I was uh, and I had to work for a Philadelphia mobster. I guess I should have brought that up, too. How is that related to this issue? I don't know. I don't know. It's just some weird emotional association. That co- yeah, you know what? I take it back. It's not. Okay, great. Um, and now, comic book recommendations. So this is where we recommend another comic book, not Spider-Man. Yes, you have real recommendations, so why don't you do it? Yeah, I think I'm going to recommend, uh, this is an, uh, a strange comic to recommend. It's called Secret Weapons. It's part of the Valiant Comics uh, universe, which is just another superhero comic universe. But it's not sort of important to this issue. Secret Weapons is written by the screenwriter of the movie Arrival. Mm. And it's basically about uh, these four people with sort of pointless superpowers. Like one person can talk to birds. One person can just summon random objects. Ooh. Um, and they each have like these powers like that. And they were sort of, it's all part of a larger plot line that is not important to the story where uh, in the world of Valiant Universe, psychic powers are a big thing. And there's like this evil guy who's like training psychic people to be his army. But none of that matters is that these four don't really have good powers. And then they start getting hunted down. So they have to like band together to figure out why they're being hunted down, even mm, though they cool. have no real powers. I love it. And I love characters that have like sort of useless seeming powers. Um, 
It's a fun thing. It's only four issues long. Uh, it's probably collected, and I think it's a really fun read. I think it stands alone. Great wreck. Great wreck. I'm going to go, since Daredevil premiered this month, I'm going to recommend a Daredevil comic. Uh, I'm going to recommend Electra Assassin. It's not even really a Daredevil comic, but it's in the Daredevil universe. Um, came out in the 80s, painted by Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, written by Frank Miller before Frank Miller went crazy and just started writing crap. Um, that's a hot take by Will Hines. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, it probably, I haven't read it in a while. It probably doesn't hold up. Frank Miller's 1980s stuff was at the time was always like gritty and violent in a way that was sort of innovative. And the, the art in Electra Assassin is really radical and surreal and fun. I'm it was scared. definitely groundbreaking at the time for a mainstream comic to be that bonkers. Yeah, like it's the the panels were painted, so it's like done with with like like I don't know if it was watercolors or oils, but like I think it's watercolors. But they don't look like a regular comic book art. They look like like paintings and lots of surreal imagery. Like the characters get hypnotized and get like put under drugs, so you see the world as they see it, where like things are looking crazy and there's superpower ninjas who like possess things. And it's a really trippy um, comic, but I, I recommend it. Electra Assassin. Yeah, I think that's a good recommendation. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I think that's a great recommendation. All the Miller uh, Daredevil stuff of that era was he was just sort of breaking out as a writer. Yeah. I mean, the, the Electra Assassin was a little bit later on, but um, he was still not the super famous comic book writer that he has become. He was just about to become that. Like Dark Knight yeah. was about to come out, basically. Had he, had he done year one? He had not done year one. He had done, I think he had done Born Again, though, the Daredevil series. Oh, he'd already come back to do Born Again. Yeah, so like this is sort of Frank Miller era two. Okay, so he's pretty big. He's pretty big, yeah. So it's like he's already done his initial run on Daredevil, which which is where he established himself and right. moved and he from does his being, Batman stuff, which like elevates him to a next level. Yes, and then he goes crazy and just starts... Oh, you know, Sin City's pretty good. He does like the original, the early Sin City stuff is good. And then by the end of his Sin City stuff, he's lost his mind. Yeah. And that, and he's, he's maybe crazier now. I think he's crazy. Yeah. Like it was weird to see the descent in his work, but Electra Assassin is great. And so uh, yeah. I recommend it. Um, uh, that's a good recommendation. So let's do Reader Mail, our last great. segment. We got some uh, Reader Mail. I'm going to read the second letter first. Okay. Uh, Exciting. This is from Oscar Dennis. Do you know this guy? I do not. I do not either. Uh, so Oscar Dennis wrote us and he says, love the podcast. I also love the segments. He says more <laughs> podcasts should have, I'm not making this up. More podcasts should have strictly defined segments. That's why I'm <laughs> writing this email. So you have something to talk about in your listener mail segment. <laughs> what a nice guy. I love it. Uh, and I think we did say out. that. We think we didn't have mail for one of our segments and we said, send us mail. So we have something to talk about. He did it. He, <laughs> he did it. That is a helpful listener right he there. Says, I don't have much to contribute other than I like the segments. <laughs> It's uh, and short, then he, it gets to the point, it helps us out. I mean, this, this is an ideal letter. Yeah. He also then sent a link to a Spider-Man fan trailer okay. as if it was made by Noah Baumbach. Oh, that's pretty fun. And I will forward that to you. It's pretty fun. And also I watched it and I was like, it sort of works. Yeah. Like the 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 human side of it. I'm like, you would watch a Spider-Man movie where the superhero stuff was sort of de-emphasized. Yeah. Abs oh, absolutely. I would watch that. I would definitely watch a Peter Parker movie. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's definitely a fan-made thing. The budget is very low and... Uh, uh, 
I don't know how funny it is, but it's sort of fun. There's like a moment where he's talking to the vulture about what a mess his life is. And I'm like, I would see this and I can imagine this in a comic easily. The vulture's like, I'm not your therapist. And I was like, yeah, I can imagine this feels real. Yeah. Uh, and then he sent me a dance remix of the Electric Company's Spider-Man theme song. This guy's got all the goods. Yeah. Yeah. And he asks, do you have a favorite Spider-Man theme song? Um, yeah. I mean, the classic, right? Yeah. The 60s uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever Spider-Can is my favorite. I like favorite. The, the Ramones version of it is like, is kind of my fun, my favorite fun version of that song. Yeah. The Ramones version is good. I, the, the original jazzy cartoon one is the one I have burned in my brain is the one I walked down the aisle to at my wedding. Oh, that's right. You <laughs> So, I mean, I, I guess that's my that. favorite. We should have seen, yeah, you walked down the aisle at your wedding and what was, and Cats was like a, was it a piece by Beethoven? <laughs> No, uh, what was cats? I should know this. I'm, she's my wife. Uh, but it was like a really, it was a really pretty and sweet. I think it might've, she might've walked down to like a Pixar to the the music, uh, the Eve, Eve's theme from uh, Wally. Oh yeah. Yeah. She walked down to, um, still very cool, but it definitely sounded pretty traditional, more traditional for like a wedding processional. It was like a romantic music. (laughs) And I walked down to Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. That was pretty cool. I mean, to be fair, like I walked down before anything was really started so it's okay yeah um no, i'm it was not a complaint i, I love yeah. it but anyway i'll send you these uh, the link to the this music in this video for you to watch well okay great uh, and we got another letter uh, what? this is from mike dudley okay i don't know mike dudley either uh and he says uh, he says speaking as a formal teenager i think he means former teenager maybe he's got a suit i mean that would fit the <laughs> peter parker universe uh, speaking as okay, speaking as a formal teenager, yes. I felt honored to be addressed by Stan and Steve in the a form of a tribute issue. He's referring to a tribute uh, to teenagers. Tri- tribute to teenagers, yeah. Issue eight uh, that we did, uh, I guess, three issues ago, three episodes uh-huh. ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, says he loves the podcast and the subject material. It's become his favorite podcast of the week. Ooh, uh, loves how we mine these issues as closely as we do. Um, talks about how he loves the uh, the praise we give Ditko. Yes, because uh, oh. he feels that sometimes Ditko doesn't. Uh, he says, "I feel his shyness and lack of stardom have turned people off over the years." I think he's totally right. Ditko is underrated or definitely forgotten. Yeah, he doesn't uh, get the attention he deserves. I mean, some there, there's many, there's many, there's the Church of Ditko. Like, there's people who love yes. Ditko, and he's gotten like really nice retrospectives published. So he gets yeah. he, he gets his respect, but I, he's not he's not the and Kirby name. did so much more work that it makes sense that Kirby overshadows him. Definitely, Kirby is properly. I don't want to take anything away from Jack yeah. Kirby, but I, I, it's true. Ditko gets overlooked and he and he's amazing. Uh, and he sends a photo of him and uh, 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 and his kids posing oh. with a Spider-Man and uh, uh, posing with Stan Lee. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, no, maybe it's just his friend and his kids. Uh, I'm un- unclear. But basically, it's a photo of Stan Lee. Everyone's wearing Stan Lee and or Spider-Man T-shirts. It's great. Nice. It was just from uh, last year. Oh, I, uh, you know, um, I love that. And I love Stan Lee. And just be a lot of people you want to pick sides because Ditko and Lee had a falling out. And right. Lee can be a controversial figure when he especially because he went through an era of letting people give him too much credit. That's how I'll put it. I don't think he ever, he would always be very complimentary to his collaborators in interviews, yeah. but I think he, he definitely always, embraced the credit he was given. Yes. He allowed people to give him more credit than was true. So there, you can demonize Stan as sort of a credit hog and he certainly loved putting his name on things. That's for sure. sure. But I, I don't think Lee's a bad guy and I think he's a genius. And I think that, and I, I, I love both Stan Lee and Steve Ditko and, and, and Spider-Man, you need both of these mentalities or it's nothing. I, I sort of also believe he was genuinely sad when he fell out with Ditko and definitely I, sad when he fell out with Kirby. Oh, for sure. I there's he he must have been. Uh those guys 
I, I just say it comes down to money. Like Marvel Comics, I mean, I'm making a huge assumption. I don't totally know, but yeah. the characters started generating such money for the company and these guys who created them were not being proportionally yeah. paid. And I just think that makes, it just makes it so hard to. And I think Stan Lee got some of that, though probably not as much as they thought he was getting. Though. He's definitely Stan, done fine for himself. At the time, I don't think Stan was getting paid appropriately either. I think he ended up doing great as the executive producer of all these Hollywood properties. But like, yeah, yeah my, I mean, I just read about the Beatles breakup and the money stuff. Yeah. There's just no, there's no going back when people rip each other off money wise. Uh, but anyway, Mike has a question for you, Will. Okay. For both of us. Okay. Out of all of Spider-Man's rogues gallery, Who's Ooh. your favorite villain and why? Oh, God, I love this question. It changes. Yeah. Um, I mean, of all time? Yeah, I guess. Uh, his rogues gallery, his, his standard repeating villains, I would say. Okay, of the... Hmm... Well, I, I guess I'm going to have a boring answer, Kevin, and I hope you have a more interesting one, but I'm going to say Doc Ock. And, it, and it's, <laughs> uh, I could change it. My, no, that's no, okay. I, I, um, it's mostly just because the best Spider-Man issues are the Doc Ock issues, I think. Like the Master Planner saga, these two that we're in the middle right now. Doc Ock's initial appearance, like just if Doc Ock's in the story, the issues were great. So I just associate him with greatness. Yeah. And I'm also, I also say Doc Ock and uh, we see eye to eye on that. Green Goblin obviously is his. Yes, um, I love most- Goblin stories major villain uh but during the but the Ditka stories are the ones that resonate with me more and Goblin wasn't as big then um and there's some and I and I make fun of it but the fact that Doc Ock is sort of this pudgy dude and not yeah I don't know like Green Goblin could punch take a punch and throw a punch and he's yeah. like uh, actually a more threatening villain and Venom is a way more threatening villain and Sandman that's a hard guy to fight I don't know how you ever beat Sandman yeah he's like a he's an elemental he's a yeah but Doc Ock is a genius Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. is strong through his arms. Yeah. He is. He should not be a threat. And he is. He just yeah. is. And there's something very interesting about him. It's also a good pairing for Spider-Man. He's got eight arms. So he yeah. looks like a spider and like, um, I don't know. And he's a, and he's a science guy like Peter. It's a and good visually, pairing. I think he's great. I think I talked about this in the first issue. The idea of like, he's sort of this static uh, standstill character in the middle and his arms are sort of flailing all around mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. I think sort of always moving. I think my second favorite villain would be Craven, mostly because of Craven's last hunt in the 80s. That's like one of my favorite super stories of all time. My second favorite might just be Sandman because of the power set. Yeah. I think the powers are just so cool and visually yeah. interesting. I, uh, I could totally see that. So sorry, um, uh, Mike, it's Mike, right? Uh, yes, Mike. We have a, maybe not interesting answers, but... Um, we gave a good why. But I love those questions. That's a great question. He also asks, and I think the answer to this is the same for both of us as well, which out of the Ditka Lee run is your favorite issue of Spider-Man? There's no question about it. It's Amazing Spider-Man 33. Yeah, there's no question. When we get to that episode, uh, we might need four episodes to finish saying <laughs> how much we love it. Um, and the two issues leading up to it are... Also great. awesome. Well, and that's a Doc Ock story. So that's a Doc Ock story. So, although uh, Amazing Amazing Fantasy 15 is a close second. I think it's such a genius opening issue. Yeah. Uh, though I think a lot of my favorite issues are like Doc Ock's first appearance is one of my favorites. Yes. Yes. That's um, number three. The, the, my favorite Green Goblin story from this run is coming up, not, not issue 14, but the second appearance where Spider-Man has to run away during it. Yeah. I forget what number that is offhand, but uh, that's an amazing story. Oh, wait, um, we get to that one. I think that's like 16 or 18 or something. Um, great question, Mike. And I also really get a kick out of the first annual. We get to that. That'll be oh, not yeah. too long off. That'll be really fun. But yeah, so that's uh, Mike's questions to us. Uh, thank you for the email, Mike. Uh, thank you for the email uh, to uh, Oscar. Oscar as well. And just if you guys want to 
write us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. Um, you yep. can also just follow us on Twitter, screwitspidey at Twitter, or follow our Instagram where I post all the images uh, that we talk about uh, during these, this podcast. Screw it, Spidey. World's best Instagram. That's what I say. It's The followers are starting to pick up too. Uh, so people are starting I, to, uh, to catch on to it. I'm glad. There's really good Ditko's art is in fine display on that, on that yeah. account. It's fun picking um, out the panel. All right. So Kevin, I'll uh, talk to you next episode when we go over issue 12. Yeah. More Doc Ock. I can't wait. Can't wait. See everybody. Bye. Bye. Screw it. Screw it. We're just going to talk about Spider-Man. Campfire.